Hello, hello, and welcome back to this little podcast of ours. You know it as Kent and the Steering Team. We know it as that thing we do each week. Anyway, as always, you are joined by myself, Drew, my dear, dear friends, Philip and Bianca. Unfortunately, Kent couldn't be here this week. He's actually researching other search engines. Anyway, on with the show. How are we, team? Good. We are good. We are on fire, on the roof. We are with a fiddle. And yes. Can we not set my roof on fire? Just as a general rule. Well, that's fine. Can we're we gonna, we're gonna play fiddle. a fiddle on your roof? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Cool. Wait, is that about someone fiddling on the roof or is that about someone fiddling? It's it's hey fiddle fiddle like more Matt so Gates than style. hey fiddle fiddle. Okay, so it's not about <laughs> someone like Matt Gates on the roof fiddling. No, no. Okay. Or yeah. about well, a fiddler on the roof, but okay. Maybe. More like, like members of our parliament. Because well, they fiddle more than Matt Gates just went out and hired prostitutes. Well, that's another way of doing it. Um, anyway, enough fiddling around. Let's uh, let's get into it. What do we have, Drew? We've got a bit of a comparison this week between the uh, children's and family films of the '80s versus the 2000s. Then what else have we got? We've we've got, got actually something pretty interesting. Um, I think it's pretty interesting anyway. Basically, um, Matt Gates in the US Congress um, is basically trying to do his best to take the shine away of Australia's political um, sex scandals and mm. everything. And so we're going to take a look into that. Um, and if we have time for it at the end, we've got something that leads into our Kenton and the Steering Team. And uh, it's coming from the North. That's not the Northern Hemisphere. That is Queensland. That leads into our Kenton and the Steering Team. Sick Kent of the Week. Sick Kent of the Week. You know what? It's not the first time I've done that. It's not going to be the last. Let's just move <laughs> on from it, guys. I'm enjoying the fact that it's going to stay in this week. Yeah. There's no room. No, well, hang on. Hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Everyone go quiet for a second. Sick Kent of the Week. There you go, Philip. Edit that. <laughs> no, I won't. I'll leave both of them in there. <laughs> Anyway, let's get on with what we've got. What do we, what do we, what do we want to start with then? Shall right. we go with the noughties versus 80s. the eighties? Eighties versus the noughties. Oh, what a time the eighties! Shame we weren't there for it. I was going to say, what a time to be alive. Not that any of us were. No, it's like God, that no. song, nineteen ninety nine, sung by Charlie XCX. Oh yeah, when she wasn't alive during ninety nine. No, back she to was. She was like four. But Troye Sivan was not. Oh, good. But they want to go back to 1999 when they remember all about it not. Yeah. When Look, they were... let's be fair. We all sang um, Bowling for Soups 1985, right? What? I don't know what that is. Oh, that'll be one for after the show. Okay. Okay. Anyway. But to the 80s. To the 80s. So we're comparing the decade of films that were handed down to us against the films we grew into what's changed what's remained what do we prefer and why yes now we picked four films at random this isn't because we weren't going after we had, we had a little bit of a criteria we didn't didn't want to go after things that are you know big franchises and when i say that one of the films on here became a franchise well two of them became franchises but they weren't at the time of them being released in this era or Correct. this um this decade um, decade, as uh, JFK would say. Um, we picked four <laughs> films at random, two from the 80s and two from the noughties. Yep. They are The Goonies and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids from the 80s. Um, kind of a good cross-section there. They were quite, uh, several years apart, but still mm-hmm. within the decade. And we had Spy Kids and The Spiderwick Chronicles, a film that I despise because I was always told that I look like Freddie Highmore. And having watched it now and seeing how appalling his acting is... I'm not going to lie. I'm repulsed by that. You... 
12-year-old Philip still looks Bianca, like... I watched it and I see it and I know it, okay? <laughs> I don't need to be reminded of But... Did you ever you come aged... to school and give him a golden ticket? No. No, <laughs> but we, we crack jokes about it all I the had, time. I held the DVD up once and I looked in the same direction. I did the Freddie Highmore Spiderwick pose. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I have somewhere. to say, just for the viewers at home, Listen. you aged a lot better yeah, than he, he, Freddie Highmore. He Freddie exactly the same. Yeah, he but that's the problem really with some kid actors. Like they just look like big versions of big them. versions of children, which like, is never. Haley Joel Osment is literally a big version of little yeah one. Was yeah, Paulie Culkin. Yeah, yep. strange. Oh, Macaulay Culkin though looks like an adult. I'll have to say, Mara Williams looks like a completely different person. Wilson. Williams? Yeah, Mara Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, she looks different. Yeah. yeah, she looks like an adult. Yeah. yeah, but you aged a hell of a lot better than Freddie. I saw. I was watching The She's Good Doctor the other great. day and I was just like, no. Yeah, what happened to you, child? Yeah. <laughs> um, where should we start, Drew? What do, we, um, what do we, how do we, what do you... Well, let's start with The Goonies, as it is the first film that came out. That is 1985, Richard Donner, Steven Spielberg. Look... We use that as as the earliest example. First of all, what do we think of it? Look, to be honest, it's not one that I... The trouble with this is that all four of these films... Uh, sorry, three of these four films I hadn't... I didn't watch as a kid. So mm. I'm in the more unique situation than the two of you. Obviously, this show is all about giving a cross-section to reality. We hope. Not really. Um, <laughs> very, very biased views and everything. But um, we always try to be impartial, but we're not. Um, uh, I, made. I yep. didn't watch the goonies i didn't watch spy kids didn't watch spider chronicles as a kid um so me watching these ones have a different take on them um goonies as actually as i was still a teenager when i watched it um so i guess maybe it counts but but yeah I, I, going back to it i've already been like not not tainted but my views of it have been kind of swayed by by other things other kind of um 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 not ensemble cast but but you know adventure cast films sure. um you know what i mean so so yeah. that's kind of where where i'm at and so going back to something like this different take on it look i i still quite enjoyed it it's probably my second favorite of the the four um yeah honey i shrunk the kids were my favorite but i was gonna say spiderwick chronicles it's probably my second no it's probably my least favorite no, second least favorite. Actually, Spy Kids is a steaming pile of dog shit. So let's be honest, there's no way of coming back from that. <laughs> Bianca, tell me what you think of Goonies, though. Uh, so I have the unique situation out of the three of us that my eldest sibling loved the Goonies. Um, so I got to watch it a lot Makes growing sense. up. And it was like, I remember him being really proud and showing me the movie like when he was eight years old. So I would have been about two. But I distinctly remember him being like, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. Um, which has made, made me like mm. it because... I was influenced, obviously. Never but, say die. Um, I genuinely do like The Goonies. I mean, my brother watch it probably once every couple of years together. Like, we'll sit yeah. around That's and watch that. Um, but if I had, like, I had to think about this this week. If I had watched The Goonies now with no context of it, would I still have enjoyed it? And I think I would have because I do enjoy those kind of yeah it, films like look, i think it's movie. a fun movie i think it's i think it's a good i, I like the fact that the ki kid characters aren't just all little kids there's like a cross section of little kids and like older kids and yeah. it shows them how they interact with each other because especially when you do grow up with siblings you don't actually always just hang out with your no. own friends hmm. so i kind of liked enjoy that part about it um 
Yeah, no, I like The Goonies. It's one of my favorite films. Drew? Uh, I, I've always enjoyed it. It feels, you know, true to childhood of growing up in smaller community-based towns. And it's basically, it's the adventure that as a kid you always wished you could go on. And these kids just sort of fall into it. Yeah. And I like that about it. And again, I, I like that thing of, of how, you know, your siblings are friends with your friends because you're all there and hanging out and mm. it's the, the way they all come together. I also love that so many of the cast members went on to become so big when you've when, got... Well, when I first watched it, again, when I was a teenager, the first thing I said was, hey, it's Sam. Yeah. It's in Sam from Lord of the Rings. It is interesting how many <laughs> of the kids, because other than... Samwise, um, Sean Aston, and Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. There was someone else too. Corey Feldman. Corey, yeah, Corey Feldman. I mean, that's the classic Feldman. Corey and Corey. Yeah. Those guys. Um, but like, it was interesting how many of those kids are still relevant or around or like. Well, the kid that played Chunk is quite famous now because he runs one of the top law firms in Hollywood representing actors. I did not know that. Well, there you go. But yeah. that makes sense. Um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. What did we think? See, I, I didn't really see many... Um, I mean, I guess there were some tropes, if we're looking at it from that point of view, in yeah. terms of, of, of um, just as a kind of cross-section... As an example, what sort of tropes did you see from Goonies? Uh, I saw the classic Spielberg MacGuffin. Yeah. The the same uh, thread that runs through Indiana Jones, where there's something that they're they're searching for. In this case, it was One Eye Willie's treasure. Yeah. Um, and and of course, even paralleling to Spielberg, where the kid that played Short Round is the same kid that plays Data. So. Well. You know, the, they keep some consistency in that. But yeah, Goonies just, it feels like the embodiment of all the Amblin films of the 80s from E.T. to, you know, um, Back to the Future and uh, Indiana Jones, all of them, Willow. It, it, it seems to follow that same adventurous kids doing yeah. something Which of course is what trend. Stranger Things is based on. Exactly. Mm. Um yeah. Now, if we then move on to the late um, 80s film, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, mm. um, it's it's interesting in that one. I find that, that um, the female character in that, as in the daughter in that, um, yeah. one of the kids that, one of the four kids that shrunk. Um, I think the 80s is really interesting because it, it was a time, I need to stop saying really interesting, by the way. Can you hit me every time I say that, Bianca? Okay. Um, <laughs> I think what's good is that um, the 80s seems to be a time when not just in kids films and adult films and everything females stop being so pathetic you know yeah what I mean? and I think what was really cool was that she she wasn't the lead that was still mm. the teenage son he still had the lead role he was looked after the younger kids looked after her rescued her there was a CPR moment in there man that was a really like there was a really deep kiss well, in that movie for a bloody kids movie. I was surprised by that again. Things yeah. were more, more adult back then, but um, it yeah the, that from that point of view, the female character was a little bit stronger. Um, and it's like I, I'm looking at the year of that. That's 1989. That's around the time Diane Keaton did Baby Boom, and that's also coming off the heels of the success of. Um, 
alien and aliens with Sigourney yeah, exactly. leading. And, exactly. Um, and these were big things. Yeah. These, this was a big change for Jamie Lee Hollywood. Curtis in Halloween. Yeah. And uh, Linda Hamilton in Terminator. Exactly. Like, exactly. They had all these examples there and it was working mm. in these big films. So they're going, oh, okay, we can do this. And that's that's what I started to notice in that. Um, I did also say that... that um, it, there wasn't a, wasn't much CGI in this. This was all kind of trick of the camera kind of stuff. But um, also, what what practical effects they had, man, they did a much better job than what so many films today does for for what they were trying to do. Um, that was the biggest thing I noticed in there. You know, the grass, yeah. for example, the blades of grass were so. If you ever pick up a blade a, a blade of grass, not just a blade of grass, but that kind of um, the the root part of oh, um, that, the grass like that shoot that sort of yeah, yeah. that thicker sort of part yeah. um that that was really well done on that sort it of was. scale it was quite detailed it was really detailed and and again like that sort of thing that the, the practical effects that they used were fantastic i did notice um the stop motion animation during the the fight between the ant and the which was scorpion. incredibly smooth it was it was really smooth obviously i still noticed it but nonetheless yeah. it was you can kind of see where jurassic park were teetering on which way they go um in the 90s for which way do we go do we do um stop motion or do we do cgi of course and because it was incredible and looking at it joe johnson directed it and he was a, a frequent collaborator with spielberg mm-hmm. through the years working in his production crews and even taking over Jurassic Park from him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not a moment that we <laughs> admire. Okay, but, positively. But you, you can see the, these creative minds all pulling in. Yeah. And certainly, I, like you said with the Blade of Grass, even for me, um, the cigarette yeah. is just that. That is an incredible Lego. set piece. The Lego. Mm, they sleep in that, but it looks, it looks like a genuine piece of Lego that's been left out in some dust and it's got a little bit like scuffed I, it looked fantastic i also just like the ingenuity across both those films mm. like the um the front gate of the goonies yes with the mousetrap yeah. style opening and then the setup that wayne and diane used to look for the kids in the backyard yeah, swinging with, on the clothesline kind of thing that yeah. or, or whatever it was that that pulley system all yeah. right but because so we have enough time spy kids yes how does that compare to both of them so now like the 80s is yes. full of that adventure stuff, but it's also well, got what well, we I don't think we've touched upon is the fact that it is quite made for families. Yeah. Whereas yeah. let's talk about Spy Kids. Well, Spy Kids being a movie that um, you know, very action based sort of movie, could have had something like, I don't know, a death in it. A la um um One of the parents honey or the uncle. The kid. Yeah, look, Honey, yeah. I Shrunk the Kid had that. Uh, kids, I had that in it. The ant, that the beloved ant friend died. Um, but but Spy Kids had Spy Kids was very padded, as in I feel like it it, it would have had some bubble wrap wrapped around its head. It would have had some um, floating devices on its arms. Um, all the walls would have been padded, like it was such a safe film. Um, the special effects, as in the CGI, were atrocious and probably didn't rate very well at the time either um talking about the early 2000s um oh i think it they didn't, didn't rate well at the time didn't. for movies like big scale movies it looked like but a it was Disney in Channel line movie. with kids movies no but yeah. it looked like it was on disney channel at like 7 a.m on a saturday so for us saturday disney like it just i, I, I can't didn't disagree it does look like a disney channel movie like it, it looks like a made for television film in yes. many respects but I like thinking of the budget and all that. 
I understand it. What I do find interesting, though, yeah. is that Spy Kids created the franchise for Spy Kids. So Spy Kids 2, Spy Kids 3D, and then there was Shark Girl and Lava Boy, which was based off the same concept and I think had yep. a lot of the same writers and people involved. And then now there's We Can Be Heroes. Yep. So they're all kind of a part of this same universe. Not to mention the fourth Spy Kids Oh, the fourth Kids with film. Jessica Alba. Yep. And yeah. then the spinoffs. There's more? The adult spinoffs. Oh, Machete. Machete. Okay, but uh, disregarding Machete for a second. Yeah. What I find interesting with the Spy Kids franchise is that the CGI never matured. It never mm-hmm. got better with the times. It's still, if you like I watched We Can Be Heroes recently, it's still that old 2000s. Clearly Almost looks screen, like but... it's bubble gum like yeah, CGI. Camp, campy animation. Yeah, like it's... Like the Adam West equivalent. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. I don't enjoy it and I don't know why they've done it. Like, I understand why they did it in Spy Kids, the first movie. Mm. Did not have the budget to do anything of that. Mm. Why did they continue that on to th- two, three, and they four? They saved money on it and they could make more money off of it. Um, look, I, I think that I think that Spy Kids, though, was... Um, Thematically? S- starting to find the same issues which I find problems with films even today. And again, going from the depth of story, which I think was again, somewhat present in um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, mm. where we were starting to see this slip in terms of quality of and depth of story, um, which I think actually hit its peak in terms of um, goodness and richness in the 90s. Um, so I guess Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was the start, kind of random drop in performance, I guess, for that. Because as good as the story was, the start, very start of it was quite lacking. And it was... I think I left the note to myself saying, um, it's a film that unfortunately had to explain its premise. Um, if we're if we're gonna compare on a on a story based level, then looking at Honey I Shrunk the Kids, it's dealing in the background with uh, with a rocky marriage and questions mm. over what's going to go on there, and it's telling it through the eyes of a child. Now, our fourth film, The Spiderwick Chronicles, has a similar thing going on mm. in the background. Well, but, no, but actually, so does Spy Kids, where where um, Antonio Banderas is basically lying. Um, on many occasions to the to the wife that's um, true and the kids but it's interesting but how it's they handle never it so a differently problem. no it's never, no. Right. That, it's never that's, a problem it's never a problem it's just like oh honey i forgot to tell you this antonio i mean or gregory whatever true. his name was true gregorio Cortez. Gregorio. <laughs> yeah you're, you're you're you are quite right and and you're yeah. you're right again in um in in spider chronicles we did see that that was very much a thing but i think it was handled the worst in spider chronicles See, see, it's interesting that this is different. I'm just don't hit me because I'm using that in a different context. Being good. Um, it's interesting. It's far away, to be honest. Yes, it's interesting that um, the 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 themes, or because of the the special effects or the CGI that now exists, they can show things that are visually more intimidating. You know what I mean? Like things look visually. I mean, you were saying that that your son was watching it and saying, yeah. or always that certain certain films now, you know, I don't want to watch it. I'm, I'm kind of scared of it. And I respect that because movies now, kids' movies even, are visually more terrifying because they can do it. Um, it's, it's also but, realistic now. It's a lot more realistic. Yeah, looking. but the story itself but is I'm, weaker. But what I'm I finding interesting is that when I'm showing him these these films or any films really, 
it's these ones from the 80s with the practical effects that are terrifying him. It's not the ones with the CGI. He'll sit and watch and that's really? the big scary CGI monsters till the cows come home. But, but I think he knows when he's seeing real effects and that's what's scaring him. And I think that that's I think that's interesting because that's the way he's wired. Yeah. He's wired to not be so taken aback by, you know, with technology now, the fact that as we were talking about a couple of weeks ago with games or toys, Things are more digital now. Thing, things where people are used to seeing that sort of thing, but we can still recognize on television where, where something's artificial, as in, as in it's CGI or, or it's mm. real effects. And imagine seeing that there. That's, you wouldn't... that's an odd thing that I don't often think about when I'm watching a movie, but yes, you can tell when something's CGI versus when it's real. And that's the thing that's terrifying. Imagine, imagine seeing this physically built thing in a movie or not in your room. Versus a CGI thing. I think that's thing. why I think, I I believe like modern movies, MCU movies especially, need to use more practical effects. I agreed completely. Because the CGI is not doing it justice currently. I, I agree. So as, as a kid but, watching Goonies, did Sloth scare you? Uh, yeah, it did. He okay. did. But I, he scared me at first, but like, as the years went on, I kind of grew to like him. Of course. But that was just as I got older. Yeah. But when I was little, because I do, I was quite young. I think I was two or three when I first watched The Goonies. And I do remember it. Um, because again, I do remember my yeah. brother overly explaining it to me. As children do. And I was avidly listening because I was a child as well. Yep. Um, but yeah, he did scare me. But I, I have to ask something. Because do you think that like... Not looking at the CGI and the effects. Mm-hmm. Let, let's look at lasting impact on children. How do you think it holds up comparatively? And how do you think... Because I genuinely think the 80s and later the 90s movies, some of them, not all of them, help are more coming of age movies. Yeah. And that's what the naughties lost. They've somewhat gained it back in the last 10 years. But like, if you look at Stand By Me, E.T., mm. um, Karate Kid... All of these movies are aimed at children, but showing you how to be an adult. Bambi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even that. Yeah. Like. Look, I, I personally believe that the 80s films are far more timeless, that they have a, a greater impact and that they've already stood a greater test of time over between 30 to 40 years than some of some of the films from the 2000s are and they're scraping through 15, 20 years and they're slipping away. Planned obsolescence is happening in films. (laughs) Well, when, when I went to pick the films and I put the Spiderwick Chronicles in part of me in, in that, that that's a film that I, I quite enjoy. And I think part of that is based on watching it as a 16 year old who had just read the books. And I probably fill in a lot of gaps in there but I knew that it was an Amblin film made by a lot of the same people that made films like The Goonies and that. And while I still think the 80s films are better, I, I see that as fitting that formula, maybe sitting as a middle of the road. I feel like Spiderwick Chronicles lost a bit of the soul of that. It does. It, it does. I, it I absolutely think, does. And I think a lot of modern movies, but Naughty's movies especially, because it was just in such a time of... You know, look at all the tech we have. And that was the thing. Exactly. you got to think, remember that the Naughties was influenced by the fact that we had such a technological boom. Yeah. 
Um, Let me show you what I can show you kind of thing. Yeah, it was more like, let's show you this mm. than tell you this. And it, and unfortunately, it's never been in service of story. And at the end of the day, that's all this is. This is storytelling. And it's become more a case of, let's show you how we can tell you a story rather than let's tell you a story. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great way um, to end it. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think. What what films do you prefer from the noughties or from um, the 80s? The 80s? Um, we, we'd love to, to know what you, you have to say. And then I think we should revis- revisit this and uh, do the, the 10s versus the 90s at some stage. Um, Indeed. Because, yeah, it's just interesting to look at it and go, what what's changed and why is it changed and what holds up more? And again, as you said, um, films in the 80s are 40 years old but still stand up. And films from the, the 2000s are 10 15 years old and they're starting to, to age um we'll be right back after this with uh, a little bit of political fun <laughs> too much fun unfortunately <laughs> let's go to a commercial it's that time of the year again time to head on down to the april autumn warehouse we have everything to cover you through autumn in april from one month calendars to sleeveless jackets as you ease your way to may don't waste another second Come on down before April 30 and receive a free The Way to May iron-on transfer for your April-Autumn overalls. April-Autumn Warehouse, where we ease your way into May. And we are back from the commercial break. Um, guys? Yeah? Have you guys been keeping up with all the political scandals in the last couple of weeks? We haven't talked about much else. Mm. We haven't talked about it much for a couple of episodes now, but like, have you guys been keeping up? I've actively avoided it. <laughs> uh, no, I've, I've um, yeah, I've, uh, I've been there with it. Um, so pretty much if audience, you've not been listening to the last couple of episodes, I'm going back about five or six episodes for us. Um, there's been within Australian politics and American politics now, um, basically a serious rocking of the boat in um, regards to some sex scandals. Um, and now... I think that what we need to do is look at how the um, Australian government and how the American government have dealt with it. Um, and now, do we know actually uh, how many scandals the Australian government has had? So apart from the Brittany Higgins yes. scandal, which yes. we did speak about in two episodes, 180 and 182, mm-hmm. um, we have had... We found out... Okay, first we found out about the Big Swinging Dicks Club Mm-hmm. which is a bunch of men in the Liberal Parliament, all MPs, all front benches, who have a WhatsApp chat group that call themselves the Big Swinging Dicks. Basically, that's code for little dicks. Yeah, definitely. Well, Christian uh, George Christensen, sorry, is in it, so definitely tiny, tiny dick. Yep, um, allegedly. We've, we've had a male. Uh, we've had a male staffer step down for masturbating on a female MP's desk. Uh, There is a WhatsApp group of male staffers where they take photo of their dicks in various offices around Parliament House. Uh, Is this just a private school club? (laughs) Well, pretty much. Like a boys' private school. If you think about it, majority of... I think they never grew up. (laughs) Majority of Liberal government members are private school school boys. Oh, so pieces of shit. (laughs) Banes of the world. Yes. Um, We've had... um, there There is another WhatsApp... Sorry, there, then Scott Morrison has said that... So after the Women's March, which I went yep. to in Canberra, a lot of fun, mm-hmm. in a very serious way, but it was just energetic to go there. Um, Scott Morrison said that the Women's March protesters were lucky not to be shot. And then in his apology, outed 
a News Corp rape case. Which turned out to be false. Which turned out to be false. So even if it hadn't turned out to be false, if it had been true, he outed a rape victim. Yep. And then lucky for him, it turned out to be false. Mm-hmm. Um, then there were multiple, we've had multiple M- female MPs, former and current, come out from on four corners in the project and a lot of news things, uh, Q&A and ha- what have you. Uh, they came out and talked about all the misogyny and scandals and things that they've experienced, such as... They created a meditation room in Parliament House, which is basically just known for people going to have sex there. God. <laughs> right. So those are all the scandals. But what we are going to look at directly in regards to Australian scandals is, of course, the Christian Porter and the Andrew Lamming scandals. Now, of course, the Christian Porter one, which we previously talked about on episode 182, and the Lamming scandal being Andrew Lamming slandering and stalking two women in his electorate and also taking photos up the skirt of a third woman. Uh, they're, they're both, like, crazily weird. Like, it's just that it's, they've been not dealt Andrew with Andrew Lamming, though, I first heard about him on yeah. the um, this Simpsons meme page, basically, because he's, I, he's just such a caricature of a human being or, like, mm. a dickhead human being. Um, but then, of course, there's the Matt Gatz scandal, which yep. is the American one. Yep. So directly we'll be comparing the three on how they all de- dealt with. But Matt Gatz, U.S. Florida House of Representative. Uh, uh, so he, yeah, sorry. He is a, ha- he's in the House of Representatives and he is from Florida. Um, he has been accused of sex trafficking. He allegedly he allegedly paid three women on Venmo, <laughs> on Venmo, one of whom was a porn star, nine hundred dollars for sex. Um, the man who paid, so he didn't pay them directly. He paid his best mate Joel Greenberg, um, and Joel Greenberg then divvied up the three payments of three hundred dollars each to these three women under venmo titles like you know how you can pick what mm. the thing is the transfer is like tuition and schooling Jesus. <laughs> um but he venmoed the money for their time together let's say <laughs> mm-hmm. um but joel greenberg is likely to plead to all 33 counts of sex trafficking that he is facing in the u.s courts currently um he's also allegedly he being matt gatz uh, Gates has also allegedly distributed naked photos of one of these women without the woman's consent. And Greenberg and Gats, Gates, I keep saying Gats, are being looked into by the Justice Department into whether or not they had sex, um, they paid for sex or swapped something of equal value uh, for sex to a, with a 17-year-old girl. Oh, jeez. Was she actually 17? It's not quite clear right now if she was 17 or she had just turned 18 but the conversation started for sure when she was 17 so they don't know if they had sex when she was 17 or if he waited for her 18th birthday but then but then but then if you look at something a little bit more like closer to home with christian porter didn't he allegedly have sex with a 16 year old yes but he was 17 at the time so it's not quite pedophilia but it's still bullshit because he did allegedly rape her um but what we're going to compare is the differences between the american government how they handled it 
with Gates versus how Australia handled Porter and Lamming. No, but the difference there is, has the Australian government actually handled the Porter one? Because I don't think so. I think that saying handle is a very um, generous way of, of describing it. It is quite generous because other than Porter taking mental health leave. Yes. Um, and the New South Wales Department saying, police department, sorry, saying that they couldn't investigate anything. Nothing else happened. I mean, except that he lost his job as Attorney General. Yep, but the ruling on... <laughs> yeah, but... but. <laughs> yes. But. but that came, playing devil's advocate, that came like two or three weeks after. But also, I mean... Yeah, it's the cooling off period. <laughs> but also, it was because Morrison's reasoning for it wasn't because of what happened, but because they are now looking into um, the what they're going to do to effectively change the Sex Discrimination mm. Act. Mm. Because apparently could- Scott Morrison only just discovered there's a gender pay gap. <laughs> News to him. Um, do you think his wife sat him down and had that conversation? I'm glad you said Scott Morrison, by the way, there. Yes. Well done. I didn't, I didn't the say other, the other no, one, yes. Remember the no. rules in play. Um, yes. But he... he only just found about the gender pay gap, apparently, but he also How? tweeted about it. Maybe they put it in the WhatsApp group. Oi, the- <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, fellas, look at this. Oh, my God, is that real? The absolute funniest part is that like, one it? of the journalists who was like <laughs> nope. really seriously talking, going, oh, yeah, he only just discovered the gender pay gap. He was genuinely surprised. Everyone found Scott Morrison's tweet from like four or five years ago before. Sorry, actually, it was quite, it was 20, I think it was 20... 2008 or something anyway a very long tweet ago um where he basically says oh labor and government labor government have increased the gender gap oops and so Why he obviously he knew about it just self-incriminate i don't get it um, <laughs> um but he's a lot like the former administration where you can like, always find a tweet where he counteracts he, yeah con- pretty pretty himself. much which is kind of hilarious but, but it's yes so that- christian porter was stepped down because they're going to change laws to the sexual discrimination act and because he's in... Um, this is the most ridiculous thing, though, Bianca. It's, it's apparently a conflict of interest. It is. Conf- what, I, what I'm shocked by <laughs> is that, okay, number one, he's been stepped aside or stepped down because of a cl- conflict of, in- of interest. But what's ridiculous is the conflict of interest is that literally the guilty. point of why someone shouldn't be in this sort of position... And a reason to step someone down. So it's not because of a conflict of interest. It's because of what the conflict of interest is. Yeah, but, but they're the dancing that, around the topic. Yeah, because the fact he's, that they're just saying it's a conflict of interest. He's not under investigation. He's not being charged with anything. They're not even do, launching an investigation. But for some reason, there's a conflict it's of a interest? conflict of interest. It makes no sense. He's probably getting paid to go enjoy himself on the links. Yeah, exactly. Well, right. so let's look at Mark, Matt Gatz for a second. Mm-hmm. Gates. So Gates. <laughs> Frack's sake. It's the spelling. See, I they thought I was getting it wrong. They should not have spelled it like that. I, I, I thought I was getting it wrong. I actually had to look it up on Wikipedia. Well, that's funny. I thought that I was pronouncing it wrong when I was saying Gates. And then or, and then I read um, our dot points. We have like um, a, a, like a sheet in front of us with some notes on it. Yeah. And, and I found and the pronunciation. Bianca had actually put in brackets Pronounce the pronunciation. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that was the me? That was the only time I pronounced it right because I saw the pronunciation <laughs> next to it. And then every other time it's been ga- ga- Gats. Gats. <laughs> Gates. It looks like Gates. it looks like someone screwed up spelling cats. Think of think of <laughs> That's why I'm staring at it like this. Think of like 
I don't know what to think of. I'm trying to think of a word that's got an A and E like that. And I'll just like that. try and say it's like people are trying to insult him for being Bay. gay. Think of pedophilia. I don't know why that's relevant, um, but think of pedophilia. Um, <laughs> As I said gay, you said think, think of pe- pedophilia. Pe- pe- like pay. Pe- pe- it's pay. Pay. Yeah, like okay. Think of bay. Oh, he paid yeah. someone with gates. Gates. Paid. Paid. <laughs> yeah. And then for oh. some reason, as, as English um, folk would say, paido or pedo. See, see, get it? Okay. Continue. I get you. Pedo. So, all right. So what's happened with pedo. Gates? Gates is being investigated by multiple US police departments, including the Justice Department. Mm. Good He's start. Just quickly, I'm not saying that, I'm not calling him a pedophile. I'm just using the word pedophilia as an example. I'm not using that in any... <laughs> Relation to anything that we're discussing here, it just for some reason allegedly, it's just allegedly on the mind. This allegedly. is this is like also I'm not linking anyone to it. Though. You know all those people who have like countdown till this actress is eighteen. Yep, that's also creepy. Yeah. Yep. It's just mm-hmm. admitting they're really hot, but you can't do anything about it now because they're underage. Yep. Yeah, that's people mm. do that for what's the who what's the name um from stranger things millie bobby brown yeah, that's, yeah. relax guys relax like let she's be a, a child let her be a that's kid disgusting. come on yeah isn't it it's just horrific but like oh they did it God. for like britney spears and chloe moretz they did it for like yep. jesus christ miley cyrus they yeah. did it for kylie jenner but for different reasons because Hillary everyone Duff. knew that kylie jenner was boning travis Scott and they're like, well, they're going to do a countdown uh, thing till it's legal, because right now he's breaking the law. But I think yeah. that it was also because people wanted to screw her. But yeah, it's just weird. Return. Anyway, people are disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, tangent. We keep going on them. Gates. Okay, so we don't what happened to Christian Porter. Nothing. Um, Gates is being investigated by multiple U.S. departments, including the Justice Department. A House Ethics Committee has opened up on an ethics probe into um, as to whether or not he has violated any laws that they can prosecute and whether or not he should be dismissed from the House of Reps because they the House he's a part of the House Ethics Committee. <laughs> Is he now? Is he? Well, I mean. and as you can see in the words of Scott Morrison, there's a conflict of interest. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, he might, uh, and then the next thing, he might be suspended from the House Judiciary Committee because of conflict of interest. Um, his own fellow Republicans have called for him to resign. Mm-hmm. So this is the key difference, I think, between the Liberals and the Republicans. Yeah, the Liberals know that if uh, Christian Porter or Lamming, which we'll get to in a second, steps down, they immediately lose uh, majority. Mm-hmm. They don't have enough people. Um, Republicans don't need it so they're like yeah maybe maybe gates you should you should step down now yeah um so they are calling for his resignation they are calling for him to step down mm-hmm. um or to, also two of his staffers quite close staffers one of them assistant for how many years they've both quit right so he is slowly facing consequences it's not as fast but he is still under in He's actually under investigation. No, but it certainly sounds like they're trying to be thorough, though. No, but, yeah. no, but what's 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 um, really frustrating with this one is that he's he. If you look at him on Twitter and stuff, is just making it a matter of cancel culture. We're coming back to that idea. Well, he, he is a massive a supporter of the former administration. Yes, and he believes he's a victim of cancel culture here, and it's and he he is being um, 
a shining light for anyone that's been a victim of cancel culture or um, has unfortunately found themselves at the back end or um, the wrong end of the stick. I've noticed um, that many people that are actually victims of cancel culture don't go around claiming they're victims of cancel culture. No, and he's not a victim of cancel culture, but he <laughs> thinks he is. Robertus in there. Um, yeah, he thinks that he is. So that's that's just what's going on, and it's pretty outrageous. Yeah. I, look, at least they're at least they're taking the steps to yeah. go through it. Yeah. But anyway, what's going on with Andrew Lamming? Well, so Andrew Lamming again. Uh, stalked and harassed two women and then mm-hmm. took an upskirt photo of a third woman. Um, and he's been given paid leave and sent to empathy training, which the taxpayers are now paying for. So nothing. Right. Basically. Absolutely nothing. Right. Um, I think what's also uh, he, annoying... He's actually... Lamming came out and said that he's not going to run for election. Yeah, but he's still going to sit there and take the money. The that taxpayer could be the smartest payment. thing he's ever done. Uh, yeah. He is also um, notorious for making fake Facebook profiles to attack people, but also to support his cause a lot. Yes. Um, yeah, again, I found about all, found out about all this through um, a meme page, a Simpsons meme page, basically. You've got to love how, Simpsons shitposting. Yeah, and, and, but, but that's where I found out, out about this, and I couldn't believe that it was real. I, I thought he was maybe a local... the Simpsons against the Liberals yes. page? Oh. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah, I thought, this was, I thought this was yes. maybe like a local councilman, but no, this is a federal guy. And no, no, he's a federal is, MP. And that's horrifying that no one's done anything about it till now. Um... There is another scandal that happened mm. in the Liberal government that I forgot about because uh but the reason why it's not so talked about is because it's actually I can't remember his name but one of the ministers who a week before all of these scandals dropped mm-hmm. he left the Liberal party and formed his own independent party and oh. then it came out that his head staffer had like assaulted all these women Oops. while he was part of the Liberal Oops. party so that's also happening at the same time. But again, no one's seen any consequences. Like it's just being it's just in... outrageous. I... So what do you guys think? Like, mm-hmm. how do you think what America's doing is different to what Australia is doing? And why do you think that? Because I, I don't know. I think what is most telling is that um, uh, we're seeing in both cases it's for the benefit of the party. Uh, we're, we're seeing results that benefit the party. What we're seeing is a difference, though, is um, different sides of that what benefits the party. In the case of Australia, there's no request for anyone to stand down because they know that won't benefit the party and the fact that they are in power at the moment. Um, and to then fall into a minority as a government having not formed that, I don't know what that means, whether that means an election is triggered or not. I don't understand the uh, Australian political political scene enough to know that or not. But what Well Scotty from marketing is avoiding Yeah. the election because he was going to call an early election this year. Yeah, well we still think it may happen but they may but for different reasons. I don't think it, it, it will. It may have been because no, I think he's going to hold fast. Well, he it may have been because he wanted to call on but now with all this going on it may be that he'll be he, forced he into can't. it. He can't. But can he if there's if they're in a minority? If they're in a minority, if he if they fall into it's a not minority, an minority, it's not a hung parliament formed into a, a within a minority forming. This is a government has fallen into minority. I don't know what that means, but but that's actually a good question. That yeah. I I and will I'm that not force an election. I'm not into politics enough to. No, that's a question that I don't, don't know that. the answer to. But back to my point being that we're seeing two different do what works for the party in the case of the US. 
they're asking him to stand down. They are already a minority, um, the Republicans at the moment. Let's clear them out. Let's get someone fresh in. Hopefully we can win that. I also think they want to get rid of... Um, I think they're slowly weeding out associations with the former administration. I don't think so because I don't think former administration is going to be running again the next election. For the I US. don't think he is. I think they will. I um, think he will, but I don't think he'll run for them. I don't think he's running for them. Well, because yeah, maybe the the after, former administration for America Party or something. After, what's that, what's the dude's that. name? The senator's name who had. Ted Cruz? Uh, Ted Cruz? No, 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 not <laughs> Ted Cruz. <laughs> the one who was the majority leader of the House. McConnell. McConnell. Yeah. Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, he didn't do anything for Trump. The fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Next time on Kent and the Steering Team, the most we shall be punishing <laughs> Philip for saying <laughs> the former administration. That's the most painful Ooh. thing. That's the most painful thing. You've just got <laughs> the most. That's the most I'm so annoyed with myself. That is the most painful thing. Mm. Um, on damn. my thing, Mitch McConnell, after. I don't the... want to talk about US politics anymore. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish my point and then we'll keep mm. fuck off. Uh, Mitch McConnell basically uh, withdrew his support of the former administration. Yes, yes, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> After the <laughs> January 6th trial, what's it called? The impeachment. Yes. The, the impeachment part two. <laughs> yes. Yeah, good. Um, well, look, there's differences. America's doing what's best for them. Australia's doing what's best for them. Neither of them are good No, no, Australia's public. doing what's best for the Liberal government. We're not doing what's best for Australia. No, I meant that. I mean, I mean, the Australian example, the Liberal Party is doing what's best for their party. The American example, the Republican Party is doing what's best for the Republican Party. It just um, so happens to line up with what's correct. best for the people. Correct. Yeah. Which is which is interesting that Liberal don't have any way to say that, whereas the Republicans can use it as fuel for their good cause kind of thing. Um, yeah. Look, <laughs> forget it. We're going to what the quote. We're coming back with our third segment. Phil's going to be sitting here fuming over saying... That word. Ah, I just wanted to see if I could do it. No, not two no, in no. one go. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Here's our what the quote. Now it's that time again for what the quote. And what was last week's quote, Phil? Last week's quote was, um, so why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? And of course, that is actually from my all-time favorite movie, Back to the Future. And uh, this week's quote is, Drew. I'm listening. Yes, now if you know what that quote is from, make sure you reach out to us and let us know on either Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email, uh, Carrier Pigeon, as always. We, we, we always appreciate those sorts of messages. Um, yeah, back to the show. And we are back and cancel culture has struck again this time at Bunnings Warehouse. Bum, bum, bum. Wow. Um. I just thought we'd bring this back with a little light-hearted funny note. Have they been yes. putting the onion on wrong again? No, <laughs> no. And it's not that we can't slip on onions anymore and the sausage sizzle is still there. But, well, actually, maybe not for longer if this person has their way. Because there is a shopper who has slammed Bunnings Warehouse over a seemingly innocent picture of a couple of fire pits. And uh, that's it. Yeah, I, it's just a photo of fire pits, you, you, and they're you, very, very angry. Now you showed me the fire pits and said, um, you know, the caption being "What's wrong with this picture?" kind of thing, and and you said, "What is wrong with this picture?" I don't know what the hell you were talking about. I didn't know. 
Now I know, and I still don't understand what's wrong with it the picture. It is the stupidest Twitter thread yep. on the entirety of Twitter, and that's saying something because Twitter is quite stupid. Yes. Yeah. Um, a Queenslander going by the Twitter handle of, and forgive me if I'm pronouncing this wrong, Lamamu six three three nine three hundred nine, who calls themselves Ban Recreational Woodburning, has come out on Twitter firing shots at Bunnings Warehouse for selling fire pits in winter. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Um, well. <laughs> Lamamu runs a Twitter page dedicated to having recreational wood burning banned across Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, they say there are, they, they want to create a clear air act that would ban not only wood burning, but petrol cars, fragrances, essential oils, and perfumes. It's for the asthmatics. Drew, you're making a face at me. I just need to say the face Drew just made. Wish we had a camera on him. Lamamu, more like Lamamu. Lamamu? Lamamu. Lamamu. Yeah, mm, I get I you. Um, so the original tweet was mm. of these really nice fire pits, actually. Like, yeah, I'm looking I, at yeah, them. Yeah, I want to go I, buy one just to spite them. <laughs> Not yeah. for spite, they're genuinely nice. Um, well, again, you showed me to find what was wrong with it, and I was like, oh, I see some fine-looking fire pits. They are some fine-looking fire pits. I like the terracotta one. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they wrote, this is an unac- unacceptable, Bunnings. Promoted these p- polluting fire pits. Do you promote cigarettes as well? Fire pits admit more toxic pollution than cigarettes. Queensland Gov, it's time to make the sales of wood burners illegal. 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 Uh, clean air is a basic human right. Not a ca- not Karen using her fire pit. Said Karen. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he understands the term Karen before well, going uh, off to have a smoke because so, apparently that's better. I thought. I feel like this person's a smoker. Yeah. I feel like they're an ex-smoker, but they're the ex-smoker who that always talks like, about it. But also someone that sounds like they've been smoking their entire life. Do you know? You know, have you ever met those ex-smokers who all they talk about is the fact that they used to smoke? I don't smoke anymore. I no. think that's every ex-smoker. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know a few. But anyway, I feel like she's one of those. I just... Oh, um, there's another tweet. Oh, my God. So then she type, she puts out a tweet of like a little baby badly those. photoshopped onto a photo of smoke. That's just a picture of a baby with the... just Yeah, it's not like... Top. It's not cut out or anything. It's just a photo of a baby that's been shrunk and put over this another picture. That says wood smoke doesn't stay in the smoking section. Neighborhoods need cleaning air. And then the tweet actually says, see the types of people Bunnings who are replying. No, no, sorry. See the type of people Bunnings who are replying. They don't care about the smoke effect on others. It's definition of a Karen when their privilege affects others' human rights to clean air. Not really. Um, Any exposure of wood smoke isn't good for us. Wood smoke lingers to other people's homes. I still don't think this person realizes they're being Karen. So one tweet (laughs) that I forgot to cut over that I just remembered was that I was flicking through their Twitter page looking for all for this thread specifically um, when I saw another one of their tweets, which was just open the window to get a bit of fresh air in. And all I could smell was the acrid scent of wood burning. <laughs> and then it was just like the throw up face had to shut the window. Aww. We need regulations. What if there was a bushfire going on? Would they still <coughs> stand there and go, this is bloody outrageous. Hang on, hang on. So are they against back burning? Yes, because that that's pollutant. Um, um, then this, they yes they went on on this thread to say this post has done exactly what it needed to do to show the OzGov Queensland local gov Queensland environment Queensland real news Anastasia Anastasia Polish MP 
I'm just reading their Twitter yeah. handles that she's put up. Queensland Heal the New Health News. I keep reading that oh as Heal the God, News. Oh my God, they reached out to EPA Eva. Victoria, SA EPA. <laughs> Why stricter bans are needed. Look at the sociopathic individuals who don't care what harm they inflict on others. Some of the responses have been genuinely hilarious. Like someone great writes, thanks for the reminder. I'm going to go fire mine up tonight. <laughs> Won't use it for warmth, but it's always nice to watch through the windows <laughs> inside the house. Can't wait. Um, this post is bad. You should feel bad. Wasn't going to get one, but they actually look good. Might get one now. Thanks for the tip. And thanks for reminding me that I need to go buy a new fire pit. Yes. Um, now, Bunnings has reached out the uh, Bunnings Warehouse Outdoor Living Category Manager. Yeah, um, I, I love that they gave him such a massive title. Oh, that's a that's a mouthful. Um, yeah. I have to read it. it Bunnings Warehouse Outdoor Living Category Manager. Mick Heenew, his name is. Um, apologies for the pronunciation. I'm saying that wrong. Um, he also commented um, on the complaint and basically told the Daily Mail um, Australia, uh, all our fire pits comply with state and national safety standards. Customers should check in with their local council for fire pit use regulations relevant to where they live. Isn't that the we're ending noise? Yes. Yep. That's, that's I recognize Sammy's, it this time. That's right. That's well done. <laughs> one thing. It is the end of the show. But first, it's time for our sick end of the week. I think it's kind of obvious. So the reason why I did bring up this entire thing was because this person is my nomination. Whatever their real name is, Lamamu. Lamamu. <laughs> I'm on board though. Um, yes. You know what? I think what we should do, we'll give them the award. We'll sit down and we'll sit down with the fire pit with them and uh, have a good chat to them and see when, what they're trying to work out what their issue with is. I mean, can we give them the award via smoke signals? I think yes! So. I think so. I'll think start. So. I'll we'll send them a basket of smoked meats as well. We'll I'll pop down to Bunnings and go. You walk go down to Bunnings and get us a, a, a fire pit and then we can start to um, flag that smoke. See, look, they've yeah. just. They've yeah, we'll light job. the beacons and away we go. <laughs> exactly right. Um, now, do stay with us for next week's episode. Um, we've got something interesting, I think. I just wanted to say interesting one more time, by the way. That one was uh, intentional. Um, interesting. Interesting. Um, basically, it's parents living vicariously through their children when it comes to sports. I think that's fantastic. I feel like none of our parents had that. Well, me and Philip's parents oh, definitely didn't no have that problem. problem. whatsoever <laughs> at all. Jeez, I think that they would have given up if they did try. But they um, committed parents to doing that. We shall talk about that more next week. We will. Drew? Philip? How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good now. Um, Bianca, <laughs> how are you? I'm well. Excellent. Until I think, I think he wants to try and get us to say it, but he you know what, Philip? 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 No, 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 no! Don't do it. It's not. It doesn't work like that. Yep. <laughs>